Dear friends, good afternoon. May the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you all. And a special welcome for all of you who are here for the first time, and welcome back to Shaman who is back again. Today, I have the privilege of spending the time reading the Word of God with you. This being a Sunday between the season of Epiphany, which means the Revelation, and also a season between Epiphany and Lent, it is also known as the Sunday of Transfiguration, which is, in church tradition, the Sunday where we commemorate Jesus' Transfiguration on the Mount, which we are going to read in a minute. We have this season in OIC, it is also called the Cycle of Epiphany, a series which we have been reflecting, and that we have been reflecting based on this I am sayings of Jesus in the gospel according to John. So today's reading will come from John 8, verses 12 to 18, and from Matthew 17, verses 1 to 9. I will read those texts since we have been standing a while, so I will read it while you sit, and um, we proceed. I'll read first from John. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I come from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law it is written, that the testimony of two men is valid. I am not, I am, I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. Then they asked, where is your father? You don't know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would have known my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple area near the place where the offerings are put, were put. But no one seized him because his time had not yet come. The transfiguration text is from Matthew 17, verses 1 to 8, reads like this. After six days, Jesus took, him, took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. 
If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said, do not be afraid. When they looked up, there they saw no one except Jesus. In the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, whenever Jesus does a miracle, people would often ask, who is he? That was the way they were wondering and trying to understand who Jesus was. In the Gospel of John, however, Jesus himself goes and tells or presents himself using these words, I am. I am the bread of life in John 6. I am the light of the world in John 8. I am the gate in John 10. I am the good shepherd in John 10. I am the resurrection and the life in John 11. I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14. I am the true vine. I am the vine in John 15. These are self-revelations of Jesus about who he was, using these words of I am exclamations. For Jewish readers, for Jewish listeners, this idea of I am overtones the encounter between God and his people in the Old Testament. You remember that story of Moses meeting God in the Mount Horeb where the extraordinary event of the burning bush took place. In that mountain, God introduced himself to Moses, not only using this well-known description of who he was by referring to himself as the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, but also he presented himself as I am. It is from this word of I am that the Hebrew name of God, Yahweh, comes from, which is often even to this day, Jews wouldn't call Yahweh. That's why there is a replacement Adonai, or the Lord, which we read in the English versions. Moses, in that encounter, in his stubbornness, he asked, suppose I go to Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me. They will ask, what is his name? Then what shall I say, Moses asked. The answer was, I am who I am. That is what you are going to say. I am has sent me. For a Jewish reader, this idea of God cannot be defined by other way than God himself presenting himself as I am. I am as I am, who is self-existent, who came into being by himself, who is a self-cause. By presenting himself with I am, Jesus is putting himself on the feet 
of, on, the, on the footstep of the presentations in the Old Testament where God was manifested as I am. But in, in the New Testament, Jesus goes on and presents this I am of God also with other connotations as we see. I am the light of life in this text of John we are reading today. Jesus presents himself as the light of the world and whoever follows him will never walk in darkness but will have the light of God. Jesus presented as the light of God was the way the gospel of John actually introduces Jesus already in chapter 1 where it reads, true light that gives light to everyone was coming into this world, it reads in John 1. Furthermore, it reads, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but darkness has not understood it or didn't overcome it as it is in John 1. This idea of Jesus presented as the light of the world. Later on, as we read, Jesus presenting himself to that Jewish leader, Nicodemus, the member of the Jewish council where Jesus speaks about himself that he is the light that has come into the world. But men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil, as Jesus conversed with Nicodemus in John 3. Where Jesus says, everyone who does evil hates the light, will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that he ha what he has done has been done through God. John 3. In many places in the Bible, light represents God's presence. It is connected and associated with God with God's holiness, with God's goodness, with God's knowledge, with discernment, with wisdom, with grace. In Timothy, we read God lives in indescribable light. Remember, light was the first thing that God created. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, in verse 3, it says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Light was the first creation of God. Light shines. It is brilliance. It is radiance. Creates beauty, purity, perfection. It enables life. It creates joy. Many of the divine revelation manifestations in the Old Testament often associated with light. That is what happened to Jesus on that mountain of transfiguration. When Jesus took with him three of his most close friends to that mountain where they experienced an extraordinary light present. In that experience, Peter, John, and James, they were witnesses of that greater beauty of God presented through or in Jesus. Traditionally, it is claimed that Transfiguration took place in the same mountain as it was the Mount Horeb. Probably it was the same mountain where Moses encountered the burning bush 
where he got the revelation of God presenting himself as I am, that Jesus also was transfigured in that mountain so that his inner circle got a glimpse of who Jesus was. And Peter didn't know what to do, so he suggested that he should put shelters, for three shelters for each one of them, so that they could stay there forever. Wonderful idea. Of course, when God's presence with all its brilliance shines, there is no other choice than wish to stay there forever. The gospel writers left us that this extraordinary event was a very little glimpse of what is to come. That is what we read in the book of Revelation when John saw this beauty presented to him of the lamb that was filled with radiance. What happened on the mountain of transfiguration was later also presented in that vision that John saw while he was still in prison. In that transfiguration occasion of Jesus' being transformed, there came Moses, there came Elijah, who were representing both the law and the prophets, encountering Jesus, having a conversation. That conversation was, again, a revelatory conversation, a conversation revealing what God is about to do to humanity. The light that God was bringing to humanity was revealed on that occasion too. The, the testimony was, this is my son. This is the one whom I have loved and I love. And listen to him. He will reveal the light that is sent to this world, to humanity for salvation. The light of God brings the knowledge of God and the wisdom of God and the ways of God. When we talk about light in this text of the Bible, let us remember it isn't about the color or it isn't about the brightness or it is about the meaning, the purpose, the moral and the spiritual attachment to it. There is a spiritual significance for the light that we are referring in these texts. This is further expounded, this is further better explained by the apostles when we read several references in the, in the rest of the apostolic writings where the apostles try to explain what light for the life of a person look like. Jesus claimed and presented himself as the light of the world. Although Pharisees challenged him on that, on that account, but his life was a proof that he was actually the light that God has sent into this world. I hope we are not going to go into that discussion whether the Pharisees were right in challenging Jesus on the witnesses or be like Peter and say, we want to keep the light here, but rather focus on what does this light mean for us in our daily life. Jesus being the light of this world is better explained in the apostolic, apostolic writing if we go through one and one of the other. When we go to Apostle John, he writes in John, 1 John 5, he writes, 
This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and we don't live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Writes John in John 1, in 1 John 1. Apostle Paul writes, For God who said, let, there be, let, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. When he writes that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In Colossians, Paul writes, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, which is the forgiveness of our sins. Furthermore, in Ephesians, Paul writes, For you know, you know we were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live, therefore, as children of light. Find out what that, all that pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, writes Paul in to, for, to Ephesians. Apostle Peter writes, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. Paul writes in Romans chapter 15, 13, The hour has come for you to wake up from slumber. Because of our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality or debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, close yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of this sinful nature, writes Paul. Even in writing to Thessalonians, Apostle Paul writes, something very interesting about the last days. Now, brethren, about times and dead dates, we don't need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come suddenly. As labor pains on a pregnant woman, they will not escape. But you... Brothers, 
You are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of light, sons of day. We do not belong to the night, to the darkness. So, that, so then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be on alert and self-control. The contrast is clear. That Christ came to this world to give us light, a light for our life. And with that light, we are called to live a life in this world as children of light. On the occasion of transfiguration, as we commemorate that Sunday, as we bring to close this reflection on epiphany, here we listen to Jesus' own words where he says, he is the light of the world and whoever believes in him shall not walk in darkness. We should rejoice over the fact that we have been brought into this light. At knowing Jesus has made us see the world differently, has made us see ourselves differently, has given us a new value, has given us a new insight. We don't need, well, like everybody, we might need worldly insight, human knowledge, which enables us to know many things, but will still keep us in darkness when it comes to spiritual matters. But we, we've been privileged as we come to know Jesus and through whom we've, our eyes have been opened so that we can see. We can see what is going around us. We can see what's going in our world and we walk in light, not in darkness. There is no reason and there is no justification for us to continue in the life of darkness in the ways of darkness, while we claim to belong to Jesus. The direction and the distinction is clear. Those who belong to Jesus cannot share in the lifestyle of this dark world. But those who belong to Jesus are supposed to live in this dark world so that they can shine like stars. Remember, to his disciples, Jesus said, you are the light of this world. And for that very reason, he left his disciples to be in this world so that they could shine. If that light fails to shine, indeed, the world becomes much darker and much frightening place. But if light shines, no matter how little it looks, no matter how insignificant it might be, but that light of Christ that dwells in us is transformative for our world, for our time, and for our age. Friends, this is a moment for us to stop and reflect the privilege that we have been given as we have been given the light of Christ. Not that this some kind of magical spark in us, rather the light of Christ, the guide, the star, the one who shows us the way, and by following and pursuing his way, his directions, and his grace, we are called to live as children of light, and our light is supposed to shine in this world and in our time.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.